Well, we're doing one last look here at the types of prayer. We've looked at, at uh, all the types of prayer, and this is just something that when we looked at prayer before, we threw in binding and loosing, because there's a whole lot of people who go around binding this and binding that and loosing this and loosing that. and So we might as well at least take a look at it in the Word of God and see what it has to do with. And most of this comes out of Matthew chapter 18. And you can flip over there if you want or look at, be content to look up at the screen. But before we get into that, one of the principles we need to understand is how to recognize right teaching. Right teaching. Because sometimes things have been taught from the Word of God and we've just fallen into it. But if we know what the principles are to recognize right teaching and we can make sure that we don't just fall into these things. That first off, it is plain. If it's going to be right teaching, it is plain. Scripture plainly states it. It's not something that's inferred. It's not something that's insinuated or requires a PhD to get the interpretation out of it. It is plain. The Word of God comes right out and says what it means. So if it's not plain, it's probably not being taught to you right. Secondly, it is repeated. And again, these are principles that deal with us that, that ought, to, ought to change our life, that we ought to have, be a, a regular part of our life. If it's to be a regular part of our life, it is something to be part of our prayers, part of our confession, part of our faith, part of our belief, whatever it might be. First off, it's plain. Secondly, it is repeated. You do not just find it in one place in Scripture. You will find it in the Old Testament. You will find it in the New Testament. You will find it in several places. You won't just find it in one place here and that's it. If it's not repeated, if someone is trying to teach you something from the Word of God and they only have one place in the Word of God where it is, more than likely, it is either not to be a dominant part of your life or they have misinterpreted it because it is repeated. How often do we find topics of prayer that we just looked at repeated in the Word of God? How much is faith repeated in the Word of God? How much is using the name of Jesus repeated in the Word of God? So it is repeated. Not just uh, one or two scriptures here and there. Third, this is big. This is huge. Make sure that you, if you are going to adopt anything as part of your belief system, part of your lifestyle, how you're going to live the Christian life, this is huge. It is demonstrated. There is no truth taught in the Word of God that is not also demonstrated by someone doing it the way it is taught to be done. If anyone wants to teach you a truth, that you need to follow, but it's not demonstrated by anyone, but they show you some place where it is taught, they are teaching you a wrong principle. There is nothing in the Word of God that is to dominate our life that is not demonstrated. Nothing. Now, I've, we've, we've taught on some things here at, at uh, Zoe, and we have based on one or two Scriptures. Or a little handful here and there. But they were not principles that were to dominate your life. They were more for knowledge. Things about the uh, race of men that was here before Adam. That's what we, we find out in a few scriptures. Handful of scriptures here and there. But it's not going to dominate your life. It doesn't require a lifestyle change or anything like that. Those kind of things are not repeated. They're, uh, they may be a little tougher to find. But again, it's not going to change the way that you live. We're talking about principles that change the way you live, change the way you pray, change the way you believe, change the way you act, such things like that. And if anyone wants to get you to do something in the Word of God, it is demonstrated. If it's not demonstrated in the Word of God, then don't you. Everything that the Word of God teaches that you are to do in your life is demonstrated by someone. If it's not in there, then either you understand the principle wrong Someone's teaching the principle wrong or maybe it's just something to know and not necessarily have to go out there and do. So it's plain, it's repeated, it is demonstrated. Four, it is consistent. It agrees with the Word of God overall. Sometimes people want to teach something that doesn't agree with the Word of God overall. It is consistent. Most things won't get past the first three here. Once you get past the first three, more than likely it's going to be consistent with Scripture. But we just put that in there for you. It agrees with the Word of God. The overall message is going to agree with that. Some of the things that they teach you to do, 
in some places do, is they have all these things going on with the flags. And they will teach you, you know, each flag does certain things in the realm of the Spirit, and each movement of the flag does certain things to release the power of God or to bind up the power of the devil. These things are taught in some churches. We use that term loosely, but in some churches they actually teach this and spend time on it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, that's probably where it ought to be left. But they'll do that and they'll have the flags and they'll have the things going on. They'll teach you all the different ways that you can do it, all the things in different colors and what it means and what it does in the realm of the Spirit for different colors. And, well, that's just not consistent with the rest of the Word of God, folks. It's just not there. We had one person try to bring a flag in here, try to get in the back of the church and do something. I caught it out of the back of my eye and they stopped. Not willingly. <laughs> but we don't have that kind of stuff happen too often. I will get up in the middle of the service and I will stop it if uh, that kind of stuff is going on. I don't want that in the church. That's yeah, You remember that one, huh? <laughs> Some of you probably do. All right, that's the fourth. Fifth, it is witnessed by the Spirit. You're going to find a witness in the Spirit. Now, I put this at the end because there's a whole lot of people out there to have stuff like flags and about the... Uh, what's, that, what's that horn called? The, uh, the shofar, all the different pages they teach about the shofar, how to blow it and how to do all this sort of stuff. And they have a witness in the Spirit about what it is that they teach, but it didn't pass the rest of the stuff. <laughs> so, uh, we didn't quite get there. But after all this, it's going to be witnessed in your Spirit... The Spirit is going to witness the truth. He's going to witness the things that are false. And so go with that. If you hold to these five things and make sure that all the things that you accept, all the doctrines that you accept, all the teachings that you accept will hold to these things, you will not be led astray. So, Matthew chapter 18. Let's just read over the basis of the Scripture. Verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, and uh, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, this is where most of this, this kind of doctrine comes out and we, uh, we deal with. And then, of course, he goes on and tells a parable after this. But let's just take a look at this section of Scripture. You'll have people that will come out for this and they teach people. Christians, well-meaning Christians and well-meaning teachers, I'm sure, know that we need to go out and bind this and loose this. I bind the power of the enemy over my life. I loose the power of God upon my life. I bind you, Satan, from doing that to me today. I loose the Holy... And they do all these binding and loosing prayers. Now, if that's what this is actually teaching us, then who actually did that? Did Jesus ever one time pray, I bind you, Satan. I loose you, power of God. He never did it. Did Paul? Did Elijah? Did Elisha? Did Moses? Did Abraham? Did Jonah? John? Can we find anybody in the Word of God who ever did that? And yet, how many times do Christians just accept this and they go on out there and it sounds good and, and a lot of times we just hear people do that and then we get on off, well, I bind this and I loose this in my life. And then people say, well, you need to pray this way and loose finances in your life. And so you get out there, I loose finances. I loose a new car. I loose a new job. I bind sickness and disease in my life. It can't come near me. And we're out there binding this and loosing that and so forth. And uh, we can't find anybody who did it in the Word of God. But that doesn't stop most of us. You know, we'll get out there and we're convinced I need to loose this. I need to have this in my life. So I need to loose it. Well, I need, I don't want this. So I need to bind it. Now, does he teach that whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven? Does Jesus teach that? That's what he said, isn't it? Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed 
in heaven. This is a principle that Jesus is teaching. There is no mistaking that Jesus is teaching this principle, is there? He is teaching that if you bind certain things, they will be bound as far as heaven is concerned. And if you loose anything, it will be loosed as far as heaven is concerned. And then he goes on to say that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father. Where? If two of you agree on on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. heaven. Don't we have that same principle? Earth and heaven that he was teaching before? Whatever you bind on earth. So I say, so I say to you that if two of you agree on earth and say, I bind you in the name of Jesus, that it will be bound by my Father in heaven. <laughs> he didn't teach it that way though, did he? But there's a principle here and we need to understand what the principle is. Now again, if there's a principle that is to dominate our life, it is demonstrated in the Word of God. There is not a single principle that is to dominate our life, that should be a big part of our life, that is not demonstrated by someone. Anyone who wants to come out and say there's a new thing for today is wrong. As soon as you hear it's a new thing for today, run. Get out. There is nothing new under the sun. What God did in the beginning of the New Testament, He's still doing now. I mean, we're not even walking in half the revelation it seems that they did. <laughs> They're doing far, sometimes far more powerful things than we're getting done. Old Testament people were getting things. I mean, prophets are praying and burning up altars. That's pretty good. Prophets are going in the midst of armies and leading them right where they don't want to be. That's pretty good. I mean, I'd say we'd be doing pretty good just to get to the Old Testament level. Here we are. We want to find a new thing in a new level. You're not going to find a new thing in a new level. Just get the old stuff down. We're having a hard enough time with that. Let's just get that stuff going. So let's see, what is it that is really meant here? How is it that we bind things? How is it that we loose things? What is it that's being taught by the Word of God? So with that, turn over to the book of Genesis. Can't get any sooner principle than the book of Genesis being demonstrated here. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3. We're going to see this principle of binding and loosing in operation. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the, eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now here's the first thing that comes on. What the devil is trying to do here, and we've talked about this principle that's going on here before, but what he is doing is corrupting the source. So he first of all has to send out some feelers and find out what do you know about the source? What do you know about what's really there? That's why one of those, every once in a while I get off on some source doctrines like we did on Sunday about the virgin birth. That's a source doctrine. Every once in a while the devil wants to get in there and mess with you on that. Is it really important that Jesus was born of a virgin? I mean, come on. How hard? How, how big a deal is that? If someone over here doesn't want to believe that, why do you want to go in and raise all this fuss? Well, I guess it's not that big a deal as long as you believe that He was God. And, you know, we can go... You can challenge the source. And that's what the devil does here. He challenges the source. Has God said you shall not eat of the trees of the garden? And he knows that's wrong. But he's challenging the source. That's we've got to find out. What do you know? No, 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 no. That's not true at all. We're allowed to eat of the trees of the garden. It's just the one in the center. We're not allowed to eat from that one. We're not even allowed to touch it. Ah, flaw. Flaw. You think you can't even touch it. Nah, come on up here and just, you know, put your, just touch a little bit. Did you die? No, I didn't die. Ah. See, that's not it. So they're challenging the source. They get in there and they've got to challenge the source in the thing. So that's what he does. He just knows that the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. 
And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And He's not lying to them. They would. Because God knew good and evil and He was able to handle that. We know good and evil. We're not able to handle it. Let's just get back on the side. We're just no good. I'd just rather no good. Don't need to know evil. And let God know all the evil stuff that has to be out there. I just, 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 just teach me the good stuff. That's all. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So we challenge the source, and by corrupting the source, you then corrupt the rest of the things that come from it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Now, did some loosing go on here? Were they loosed? Did they know they were naked before? Their eyes are opened? So would you say that their eyes were loosed? Now please understand, loosing is not always good. Just understand, it is not that loosing is good and binding is bad. I will give you enough examples by the time we're done this. You will, you will say, I bind you to, to, to something. You don't want that over near you. you. Some of you folks are out there distributing uh, stuff in the neighborhood. If a dog is, is bound, is that not a good thing? Especially if it's a big dog. Big dog, bound, good. Don't go loose the dog. Don't want the dog loosed. There are some things we just don't want loosed. We want to keep that bound up. This is a good thing to have that bound up. So, you know, depending upon what it is, there are some, some, some things that you want bound and some things you want loosed. How many of you have a microwave oven at home? Are you not glad that that microwave oven contains, binds all of the microwaves? Keeps it all inside. Isn't that a good thing? If it didn't, that wouldn't be so good. There may be a problem with, with some of that. Is it not good that the wiring in your house contains, binds up the electricity? If it did not, that would be bad. And sometimes you get a little spot where the wire gets frayed and the electricity is no longer bound. That's not good. So there are some things we want loosed and some things we want bound. When we look in the book of Revelation and we found that there were certain angels that were bound and then they would be loosed. Was that a good thing? No, that's bad. <laughs> Keep them bound up. Have it all those demon spirits that were put into the abyss. Is it a good thing they were bound up? Yes. But now they're going to be... And it's bad. It is bad. The, the tribulation starts off by releasing the Antichrist. He was what before then? By the church. The church kept him bound up. But then when we go away, He's loosed. This isn't good. At the end of the millennium, Satan goes from being bound to being loosed. Is that a good thing? So just understand, just because something is loosed in your life does not mean it's good. We want to keep some things bound up. So when He says, whatsoever things are bound, do not assume that it's bad. Whatsoever things you loose, do not assume that it is good. And that's one of the assumptions we've had with Matthew 18 is that when we bind something, it's a good thing. And when we lose something, it's a good thing. Because I want to keep bad things bound and I want to keep good things loosed. But, we can also, the opposite can be true as well. So by expanding our definition, by expanding our viewpoint of the bounding and loosing is important for us to understand this. So the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. They never did that before. Why are they doing it now? Because their eyes are loosed and they can see I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. This is the problem. I'll hide myself from God. Yeah, that always works. Don't play hide and seek with God. You're just not going to win. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Like he didn't know. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. 
And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Now, did God know he was naked? Then Father God did it. But apparently Adam didn't know that he was naked. That's pretty unusual when you don't know that you're naked. I think most people do figure that out. But he didn't know that he was naked. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, yes, I did. No. Oh, he didn't say that? No. no. The woman whom you gave to me. You gave it. You did it. Wouldn't have been for you. None of this would have happened. The woman you gave to me. How many of y'all like to be Eve right now? Got the man over there. The woman you gave me. Yeah, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Oh, she gave it to me. Uh, she gave it to me, I ate it. I don't know what to do. She just gave it to me and I ate it. And then all this happened. And the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So it's always somebody else's fault. Which is usually the case. Certainly, we we never do any of this stuff ourselves, right? Everything's always someone else's fault. How often do you call up a customer service number and say, you know what, I blew it. I thought I sent the check off. I didn't. I messed up. I'm sorry. I mean, how many times do we actually do that? Most times we say, no, I know I sent it off. You just didn't get it. You probably gave it to somebody else. It's always somebody else's fault. I wonder what would happen if you call up customer service and find out what you did wrong and just tell them. You know, I did this thing wrong and I sure hope that you can help me anyway. I'll bet you you'll find out that they'll be willing to help you out, but wow! person's taking credit for what they did wrong. So E was fooled into doubting God's purpose for the law. That's the first thing. Actions born of, cor- born of correct understanding are wise. Actions born of correct understanding are wise. Those born of incorrect understanding are foolish. Foolish. We must have correct understanding of the things of the Word of God. Just because somebody taught me something from the Word of God and I do it does not necessarily make it wise. I've got to make sure that I delve into the Word of God and find out. Because what happens if I get before God and I, I say, well, someone taught me and I did believe. Yeah. He said, I heard that one already. It didn't work for Adam. It's not going to work for you. But that's what we'll do. I, well, see, he, he taught me. She taught me and I just believed it. And I just did it. <laughs> He's not going to like that so much. We've got to have correct understanding. Make sure that we get in there and find out what those, what those things are. Well, the actions of disobedience were produced out of a thought that either... Now, this is something we can all relate to. Thought that either I am missing out on something. I'm missing out. I should have the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, we don't know that that's necessarily good. But if I don't have it, I want it. Or what I have could be better. I'm missing out on something. Or what I have could be better. Well, both of which come from selfishness. It's just selfish. I just I want what I want. I want it now. I want it later. I want it now. Well, we got to make sure that we do these things right now. Over in Exodus 15:26. It reads this way. And if, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commands and keep all His statutes. Here's the if. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord. Not some false teacher or somebody who messed you up. The voice of the Lord. And do what is right in His sight. Not what is right in your sight. Not as what is right in someone else's sight. Well, they taught me to pray this way. Do what is right in His sight. Give ear to His commands. And keep 
all his statutes. What if you keep half of them? What if you keep three quarters of them? I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Right? Now, here we have the principle in operation here. Let's take a look at it. First off, if you diligently heed, if you do what is right, if you give ear to His commands and keep all His statutes, here's the things that you've got to do. If you do this, I, meaning God, will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. So, if I go out and diligently heed, do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commands, keep all His statutes, what happens to the diseases that He had brought on the Egyptians? They become bound up. Is that good? Glory to God. Yes. I don't want... I don't like them. Bind them up. Let them so they cannot come near me. How do I do it? I bind you, Egyptian diseases. Is that how we do it? How do we do it? Diligently heed. Do what is right. Give ear to His commands. Keep all His statutes. But nowhere in there is there, I bind you, I loose you, I bind you, I loose. It's not there. It's done by your... Actions, Exodus 19 and 5. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me. So if I do these things, I loose upon myself being a special treasure. I, that sounds good to me. How about you? Special treasure. This seems good. If I will obey His voice and keep His covenant. So if I do those things, I first up bind up the bad things and I loose the good things. But I didn't one time have to sit there and say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Didn't have to do that. Nor was I taught it. Let's go on. So the serpent's harvest was this. Because you have done this, is what he says to the serpent. Verse uh, verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid. We already saw that part. The man blamed the woman. The woman blamed the serpent. So let's see. Verse 12. Then the man said, well, verse 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have loosed this. Because you have found this. No, because you have done this. Because you have done this where? Is He not on the earth? It was not Eve on the earth? Was not Adam on the earth? Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. Who is doing this? Where is God? So what you do on earth causes in heaven something to be bound or loosed. Not what you say what you do. Between your seed and her seed and you shall bruise and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. We can get more into that later but that's a great doctrine right there. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. How many of you are saying glory to God? This is good. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Now we can get on the doctrine of all these things that are being said, but that's not really the purpose here of this. And someday down the road we'll get into more of it then. But what has happened to the woman? Was Now she's never given birth yet, has she? As far as we know, she's never given birth anyway. We don't know of anything. Hasn't been told us in the Word of God. So as far as I know from the Word of God, 
No babies have been born. She has not given any. But it seemed to be that the original purpose of her having babies was not to involve any pain. No pain in childbirth. Glory to God. How many of you all like that one? Doesn't bother me. I don't have any pain in childbirth. No pain at all. It's painless for me. I wasn't the woman. I wasn't the one who was deceived by the devil. This is a woman's thing to bear. Now the man has his thing too. But this was the woman's thing to bear. All you women who want to go out there and say, you should know what it feels like. God apparently doesn't share your opinion. (laughs) Since He doesn't share your opinion, I don't share it either. (laughs) That's right. We're just going to keep on going down there. Mm. There we go. Then to Adam. (laughs) Then to Adam, He said, because you have... Because you have... Heated. He did something, didn't he? Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have not eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. That's what he said. You shall not eat of it. He said nothing about touching. You can climb in the tree all you want to. <laughs> Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles. It shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face and shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you shall return. Whose penalty was that? Adam's. Adam's. No, I... Some of you women go out there in the field and start you know, messing with the thorns and stuff. It's on you. And we told you to get out there and do that. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. Up until then, Adam never had to work for a living. The ground would produce. Now, he had to keep it. He had to protect it. And he didn't do a very good job with that because let Satan get in there. We didn't do it. So all you husbands who are here or are not here complain about work, complain about the toil that you go through, brought it on yourself. wasn't intended to be that way. Don't sit there and complain about work. Well, God didn't intend it that way. But because of what you did through Adam, because of what we became part of, this was loosed into our life and something else was bound. The natural production of the earth was bound. And now what has been loosed is the production of weeds. Thistles and all that sort of stuff. See some, some man out there in the field sweating. Get that uh, tractor going or get all this. That serves you right. It's what you get. But you see, it's, it's all the actions. The actions of the serpent, the actions of the woman, the actions of the man, all loosed and bound certain things in their lives. From all the way back at the beginning. This is what it was done. It's our actions that do this. Now you can go right on through from here. Cain went over and he killed his brother. What did that do? What did it do for the favor of God in his life? Bound it up. What did it do for the... Uh, he was on the run from this point on. Why? Because things were loosed in his life that shouldn't have been and things were bound from him that God didn't intend. But His actions brought this about. So, because you have done this, He said to the serpent, said to the man, because you have heeded. And even to the woman, He didn't come out and specifically say because of what you said, but it was said a few verses earlier. 
You want to go back and take a look at that. Now, actions of binding and loosening. Let's take a look at some of these. In Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. If you want the child to stay in the way of God, then what must you do? So if you train up the child when they are young in the ways of God, what do you do to the powers of deception that are all around to steer them off? I bind them up. But a lot of times we just want to go out there and say, I bind you, Satan, from deceiving my kids. No, no, no. Teach them. Train them up. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 19, 15 through 19. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. That's a refrigerator verse right there, isn't it? <laughs> he who keeps the commandments keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul. Sound like some loosening and binding going on there? He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. So when I lend to the poor, what do I do in my life? When I on earth lend to the poor, I in heaven lose him to pay me back. Oh. Oh. That's all right. And he will pay back what he has given. Verse 18, Chasten your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. Because if you have great wrath and that person comes out with great wrath, what are they doing? Loosing bad stuff and binding good stuff. And you get in there and you run interference. What's it saying you're going to have to do then? You're going to have to do it again. Because this one's of great wrath and we'll get out there and he'll say the same thing, do the same thing, and you'll have to do it again. What you've got to do is get that person to not be led by the wrath that's in them. Not to speak from the things that are in their wrath. And then they won't have that problem. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. Be anxious for nothing. nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What does that sound like to you? It's a doing verse, right? If I on earth am anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If I on earth do this, then by the principles that Jesus taught, what happens? In heaven, something doesn't have, in heaven, something has to happen. So here on earth is the on earth part. On earth, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's the on earth part. What's the heaven part? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's the heaven part. The peace of, that's from heaven. So if I on earth, do what He tells me to do, then I loose the peace of God in my life. Do I loose the peace of God by saying, Peace, I loose you in my life. <laughs> Boy, well, don't we wish. Amen. It don't come that way. It comes by first off, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, what if in everything by prayer and supplication I let my request be made known to God? Will it happen? No, I left out the with thanksgiving part. I got to do what He says to do. On earth, if I do this, in heaven, this will be done. I loose this into my life. If I want the peace of God in my life, I've got to find out what are the principles on earth to loose this in heaven. Every principle that originates from heaven, every blessing that originates from heaven has an on earth triggering principle. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's how you bind and loose. If you want the heavenly blessing, 
Find out what the earthly trigger is and do that. Do the earthly trigger. If you do the earthly trigger, the heavenly blessing will come. But i got to make sure that I'm mindful to do all that He said. That's one of the Scriptures we looked at. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. So I need to meditate on these things. If I'm out there meditating on things of fear, anxiety, peril, loss, despair, then what's going to happen? Peace of God on me? No. I must know what the earthly trigger is. Any blessing that is in heaven will have an earthly trigger. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Is there an earthly trigger to keep Satan out of your house? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Find yes. out what it is in the Word of God and do it. Mm-hmm. And you will bind him up from coming in your house. You don't have to go around there and say, I bind you, devil. Because sometimes the devil comes along and if he gets you to swallow that, that binding and loosing prayer principle, if he gets you to buy into it, then he'll hit you. You didn't bind up the devil today, did you? No, what's going to happen now? Oh, all sorts of bad things are probably happening. And I've just opened up fear to come into my life and I've just given him an open, wide open window, maybe even a wide open door to come in and do something. And what am I going to think afterwards? Oh, I should have. I will make sure I'm going to write it on my refrigerator. Bind up the devil. Loose the blessings of God. i got to make sure I do that every day. And I get bound up to an unorthodox principle. A principle that is not taught in the Word of God. And wisdom is not what I am doing. I had the wrong understanding. And though I'm applying it, I'm not going to have wisdom. I'm going to have foolishness. Galatians 5, 13-15 For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another. Beware, lest you be consumed by one another. So if I do the earthly trigger of biting and devouring each other, what happens? Beware, lest you be consumed by one another. You will set the stage for other people to be able to devour you by you sitting there doing these things, biting and devouring each other. Don't do it. Because if I walk in this way, I I have set this principle to work against me. So don't do it. So let's go back over to Matthew chapter 18 again. Now we see a little bit more what the Word of God teaches. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. He does not say, if your brother sins against you, go and tell everybody else about it. About how evil your brother is. What are you doing if you do that? You are I am biting and devouring each other and that will cause me to be... Don't do it. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, did he not say up in verse 16 that if he won't hear you, go out there and grab two others? It's the same principle he's, he's teaching here. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So what he's showing us is binding and loosing principles here not to go out and 
in the name of Jesus, bind this, and in the name of Jesus, bind that. He's telling me that if there's a problem between me and another believer, that this has the potential to bound up some things and loose others, some of which I may not like or they may not like. So he's telling you this is the procedure that you do. This is how you go about it. If they've done something against you, go to them. Talk to them. Set it straight. If you, if you get them... If you win them over, you've won your brother. Get on out there and talk to them. If that doesn't work and they don't listen, go out there and find two or three others. If that doesn't work, bring them before the whole church. And if they still don't, then treat them like a heathen and a tax collector. doesn't mean you kick them out. just means you you got to get them born again. <laughs> treat them like that. we got to get those, that person saved. They're, just, they're not out there. and doesn't say to hate them and do all that sort of stuff. Because whatever I do on earth has an effect in heaven. Remember the parable that Jesus taught about the unforgiving servant? He goes out there and he says to the person, please, please give me more time and I'll, I'll repay you the debt. And he says, nah, you can't do it. We're going to throw you in prison. He begs and pleads it some more. So he says, you know what? We're just going to forget the whole thing. And he extends them forgiveness. So he goes out there and he finds someone else who owed him a little bit and he doesn't forgive him. What did he do? He bound the forgiveness that had been loosed into his life. He bound it up by that one act. He didn't have to go out there and say, I bind you forgiveness. Who would do that? But by his actions, he caused that to be bound. The people over Capernaum had the doer of miracles in their presence. And what did they do? They bound up the power to perform miracles at Capernaum. How did they do it? By the words that they spoke, by the unbelief of their heart, they shut it down. It says in the Word of God that He could do there no mighty work because of their unbelief. Their unbelief bound up the miracle-working power of God from working in their city. Mm. When Jesus put out the uh, all the unbelievers and the, the girl that was had died, put out all those folks, all those unbelievers. Why did he do that? Because they would bound bind up. Why did they stop the men who was who was speaking? Don't bother to teach her anymore. Your little girl is. Dead. Why does he stop that? Because it has the power to bind up. What Jesus would prefer to be loosed into his life. He wanted the miracle working power, healing working power to come into this man's life. And these people come along with words to bind that up. The Pharisees and the Sadducees spoke words to bind up the power of Jesus, bind up the teaching of Jesus. So Jesus taught around them. And spoke words so that they wouldn't understand. So their unbelief, their their uh, way of handling this caused great truths to be bound from them. Did it? When Paul was welcomed in the cities and they said, yes, come teach us more. What did they do? They loosed the, not, the, the knowledge of God into their life. When they came and they rebelled and they rioted, and they did all these sort of things, they bound up that from working in their, in their city, in their time. We can bind and we can loose good and bad in our life. But we do it by our actions. Not by our prayers of, I bind this and I loose that. Jesus never one time prayed, I bind this. Capernaum, I bind you up in the name of Jesus. Devil, I bind you up in the name of Jesus. didn't have to do that. Even when Jesus faced the devil, He just obeyed what God said to do and that kept the devil bound up from doing what he wanted to do. He couldn't do it. Because he obeyed. Every time the devil tried to tempt him to get him to fall and to go in a different way, he just quote the Word of him. The Word of God says this. And I'm going to do what the Word of God says. And so that bound up the devil from being able to do what he wanted to do in his life. He couldn't do it. The way that we bind and the way that we loose is by obeying 
or disobeying the Word of God. There are some things I want bound up in my life. There are certain things that I want loosed in my life. So make sure that we're loosening the right stuff and binding up the bad stuff. We don't want to have that stuff get out. A reaction to obey or disobey God's Word will loose and bind. Every action to obey or to disobey. Every action to obey or disobey God's Word will loose and bind. Everyone. Every time I obey the Word of God, I loose something good, I bind something bad. Every time I disobey the Word of God, I loose something bad, I bind something good. Every time. Loosing and binding is in your actions and in your words, in your thoughts, all those things. That's how we loose and that's how we bind. There is no prayer. I bind this or I loose that. Don't stand up there and say, I bind this in my life. No, just find out what the trigger is. Whatever triggers in the Word of God to bind, just do that trigger. Whatever triggers in the Word of God to loose, just do that trigger. And get that thing loosed in your life. It'll be loosed. But it's loosed by actions. It's loosed by something on our part. It's not loosed by us saying this every day and going over this every day. I bind this. I loose that. No, don't need to do it. Don't waste your time. That's the wrong prayer. It's your actions that will do it. Father, we thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the help that You give us to understand all things that are in there. And that everything we need to know has been demonstrated by people. Everything that we need to make a big part of our life has been demonstrated by people who come before us. We need to look at their example. How did they do this? And mimic them. Thank you for the help that you give us in this. And through our actions of obedience, we can bind the bad stuff and loose the good stuff. But also through our actions of disobedience, we can loose the bad stuff and bind the good stuff. Now, Father, I thank you for the help that you give us to stay on the side of obedience. To have a right understanding of all the things that are in your word. That we're doing according to all that we're taught. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.